always love you But long as there are stars above you You never need to doubt it I'll make you so sure about it God only knows what I'd be without Welcome, welcome to a special, special double episode this weekend. Um, episode 30 of the Sunday Punch Podcast, uh, just woke up. Well, actually I didn't just wake up. I uh, woke up about an hour and a half ago, dude, and I went straight to the gym. I'm now, as you can see, if you're watching, I still got to keep my arm like this, but I'm trying to get it out of the sling, get it moving, you know. I want I want to get the muscle memory going in my arm again, so I do have a baby shower to go to today, so I will have the sling there. I can't, you know, baby steps. Let's take baby steps with the arm, but let's react to what a fight night last night at UFC, I believe, 261. My God. Um, the most shocking thing, I think we can get straight into it. Let's, uh, I want to pray for Chris Weidman. Um, you know, everybody's posting memes and shit about that, but that's a completely devastating injury and he's 36. That could be career ending. And, you know, he's a legend. Let's never forget. Let's have him go out on the memory of he beat Silva fair and square, knocked him out. Uh, then Silva, it's actually weird. Silva then got the rematch and did the exact same thing to his leg. If you didn't watch, Chris Weidman kicks. Um, I, I forgot who he was fighting now. It, the whole fight lasted 17 seconds. 17 seconds. It was, uh, Hall, Uriah Hall. And, uh, 17 seconds in, Chris Weidman kicks him and, uh, Hall... I think checks it, or maybe it was just an unfortunate, you know, angle of the shin, but Chris Weidman hits his leg with a kick and his shin just splits in half. I mean, his whole leg basically wrapped around Hall's leg. And then it looked like he didn't realize because all the adrenaline's going. I couldn't believe it because then the leg comes off. You can clearly see it's completely shattered. And he plants on that same leg, and it just curls in half, and it looks like string cheese or like Gumby was fighting out there, and just cracks in half, and he falls down, and it was brutal, bro. I mean, so let's uh, let's keep Chris Weidman in our prayers. Let's remember him for the legend he is. Uh, guy who beat Silva twice. Um, Silva actually wished him, you know, very heartfelt tweet last night because Silva had the exact same injury. So, so that was wild. But let's go for the good news here. Um, Thug Rose uh, beat uh, the other lady. 
<laughs> I can't pronounce her name. She's Chinese. Um, and I need, I mean no disrespect by that. I just I can't figure it out. Let me look it up. I want to, you know, she's a champion as well. So let me let me look up what her name is. Um, it's not that I can't pronounce it. I just don't remember it. I, I had a I had an inkling. I should have said this on the podcast because my Mazadol pick didn't turn out. But uh, Rose UFC, she fought Zhang Wiley Zhang, who, if you remember, had an awesome battle with. Uh, I can't remember all these fighters' names. Look, she fought some... Zhang fought somebody else. It was one of the best fights. It was that fight where the other chick's head, like, went, like, um, mega mind on us. And her, like, the swelling was so big in her forehead that she looked like, you know, pinky in the brain. But they were going uh, full force at each other. And that was one of the best fights I've ever seen. And so then Rose got this match with her and just hit her with a perfect high kick. Uh to the temple and she just crumbled and her leg she's lucky she didn't break her leg because Zhang's leg just you know she was knocked out so her body went limp and the leg underneath got caught so that could have been a nasty injury as well but you know she was all mad because she thought it was stopped too early I think she was just knocked out she didn't know what the hell she was talking about because it was a good stoppage and hey man good for Rose I like that I like that little girl that little girl that could kick my ass. Um, and she was super emotional after. It meant a lot to her. Joe Rogan got in. He was crying. It was a fan, it was a hallmark moment. Then Air Bud jumped in and was named MVP of the league. No. But it was a nice heartfelt moment. And, uh, and then we got to see Usman Masvidal and uh, was way off. I had Masvidal. You know, again, listen to this podcast. Sorry, keys in my pocket. Listen to this podcast. Do the exact opposite of what I say, and you will be a very rich man or woman. Uh, I had Masvidal. I know he's a journeyman. I know the hype train got a little too high when he knocked out Ben Askren in five seconds. But uh, I've watched Masvidal fight before, and he was a tough dude. And I was like, you know what? I've never seen him knocked out. I think he's going to be tough. In the last fight that they had, he came out in that first round and really had Usman on the ropes. Figuratively, there's no ropes in UFC, did. But he had him, you know, scrambling. And uh, and then he lost gas in that one. He took the fight on, I believe it was six days notice. So I thought, okay, full training camp. He had him on the ropes. Masvidal's never been knocked out. Uh I'm, I thought it was going to be a tough fight. I, you know, Usman is the man. I mean, he's a world champion. And I'll tell you what, Usman came out. I gave round one to Masvidal. But uh, in round two, yeah, he catches him with a brutal, I believe it was, a, yeah, it was a brutal right hand. Set him up perfectly with a feint and knocked Masvidal out for the first time in his career. And so I don't think there's any denying anymore. Kamara Usman is, uh, I mean, he's the best welterweight there is. And uh, I don't know where you go from here. I mean, he's earned his stripes. I wish he was a better trash talker. I wish he was not as corny. Um, it would make me like him more. But 
maybe I need to get off that. You know, let's just appreciate a fighter for what he does. He fights, and he fights well, and he's a world champion, and he's amazing. So, I don't know where we go from here. Uh, I am very excited about the uh, his next opponent, which will be Colby Covington. Colby Covington um, gives him the most issues, I think, just be off cardio. Colby is a world-class wrestler, and he uh, he can strike. And if you watch that first fight with him, Colby was winning that fight up until the last round when, again, Usman hit him, found a way to win, like guys who can find a way to win no matter what. Usman hit him with a right hand, and uh, Colby was done. So if Colby can uh, stay away from that and uh, push the pace... I'd like to see Colby wrestle with him a little bit. Um, Usman's never been taken down. Another fun fact. Usman has 100% uh, takedown defense, which is insane to me. So maybe he won't wrestle with him unless Usman wants to, and then Colby would be on his back. But I think it's going to be, you know, there's only that fight out there. Nobody else is even close to Usman as far as skill-wise. Um, I think Colby is there. I think he can, you know, if you hate Colby Covington because he was, you know, he's doing a shtick, okay? He's marketing. He's doing the whole, he did the whole Donald Trump thing with the MAGA hat. Like, if you fell into that, then you're an idiot. I mean, he's just trying to cause controversy and get the dollar signs, you know, for the pay-per-view buys. Colby Covington is a phenomenal fighter. So if you hate Colby Covington because of all that other stuff, fine. Watch the actual fights. He has an insane pace that he brings. He His cardio is out of this world. He can wrestle. He can strike. He's beaten everyone except for Usman. I mean, Colby Covington's a fantastic fighter. And so that's the only person I could see taking down Usman in a fight. So that's the that's the logical next fight. I'm excited for it. Um, I was talking to uh, a buddy of mine, and this is why the UFC is awesome and is beating boxing as far as I'm concerned. Well, not as far as I'm concerned. They are beating boxing. The oh, The biggest boxing match there was was Jake Paul. The last year, the biggest... Listen to this. Let this marinate in your mind. The biggest boxing match in the last year for boxing, numbers-wise, was Jake Paul. Twice. Jake Paul, Nate Robinson. I guess you could give that one to Tyson, too. But okay, Jake Paul is the headliner versus Ben Askren. They're saying 60 million buys, so you can't argue with numbers. Now, that is Triller <laughs> reporting that number. And Triller's the same people that hired Pete Davidson Snoop Dogg to announce a fight as if that was a fantastic idea. And Snoop Dogg kept saying, I'm, I'm going to get off track here. I'm going to come back and relate UFC to boxing. I, I need to start doing this on the podcast because... I need to have marks to come back to or else I just go off on a tangent. But let me get here. Snoop Dogg kept saying, give me my give me my motherfucking money. And he said he bet two million dollars on Jake Paul. It's a lie. It's a provable lie. Where'd you bet it? Where's the slip? 
Where's the money? Oh, you bet Dana White on a personal bet? No, you didn't. Dana White said he did. Why would Dana White do that? Dana White could get better odds from a legal casino than he would get from you, Snoop. So Dana White's not an idiot. He's going to, if he was going to bet, he'd bet through the legal source that could give him better odds than you could. So, right. I wish I had doggy juice on to explain that one, but coming back. Jake Paul is the biggest boxer. <laughs> it's insane to say this, but numbers-wise, is the biggest boxer boxing has. So these people, I don't know who the managers are. I don't know who the entities are. I need to read a real long book on boxing and its history. But they can't put fights together that people want to see, and they can't do it quickly. And I'll give it to Dana White. He might have these guys, you know, and he might have some competition with this one championship, but he might treat the fighters like shit, or I don't know how he's doing it, but the fights that need to happen, happen. And anybody who doesn't want to fight, he says, fuck you, I'm going to, we're going to work this out with another fighter. John Jones wants $30 million. Dana White says, no, we'll give you 10 and we'll give you a portion of the pay-per-view buys because I'm a businessman. And if you do get a shit ton of pay-per-view buys, then you get a percentage of that. And that's only fair. Because as good as John Jones is, he's not bringing in Conor McGregor numbers. So you can't get Conor McGregor guaranteed money. I'm sorry. Conor McGregor is not as talented as John Jones. But is more popular. So bring in the pay-per-view buys, John, and then you can uh, make as much money as you as you want off a percentage. The real thing is he doesn't want to fight Francis Ngannou. I wouldn't want to fight Francis Ngannou. I don't know why he went up to heavyweight. But that's a scary dude, and I would not be uh, – that's not the first heavyweight fight I want. <laughs> You know, I want to feel the weight of a heavyweight and then win one and then fight in Ganu. Maybe. That's a scary dude to fight because it's like, well, I'm basically signing up for 80, 75% chance of a knockout unless I knock him out. Five-round fight is a long time to go with an animal. So... So boxing versus UFC, I mean, and what was with Daniel Cormier getting? Daniel Cormier going up to Jake Paul before the fight last night. I don't know if that was DC trying to get clout or whatever, or if if he wasn't and he was just trying to talk trash. He just gave Jake Paul way more exposure by doing that. So I don't know if there's a that that must have been a deal, right? Everyone likes to think that these people are just like angry at each other, doing you know, just doing whatever they want. Most of the time, eighty five percent of the time, that's planned out. So I hope that was planned out so that DC could uh, you know get more Twitter followers or something, and Jake Paul could get a little bit of uh, you know a clip for his YouTube channel of DC coming up to him. So. Antonio Brown was with Jake Paul last night, which was obvious. 
<laughs> I mean, if you didn't think Antonio Brown was going to be sitting directly next to Jake Paul, I don't know what you thought Antonio Brown was going to do last night because the clear option was sit next to Jake Paul. That's got to be a weird, weird world, man, <laughs> where you're hanging out with like the Kardashian manager, Machine Gun Kelly, Antonio Brown, and like Megan Fox. It's like a bunch of people that used to be famous, a manager that knows his shit. <laughs> and then Antonio Brown is currently in the NFL, but is like kind of uh now let's let's just call it what it is. Antonio Brown's kind of like a C list NFL player now. So it's a it's a very strange crowd. Machine Gun Kelly seems to be at every one of these fights. It's like, I thought he died after Eminem murdered him in that song. No? he Because he goes to these fights, he looks like a... Uh, I didn't know he was such a fight fan. Did you know he was dating Megan Fox? I was looking around the uh, arena at one of the uh, other events, and I was like, wait, is that Megan Fox with Machine Gun Kelly? That one makes no sense to me. Machine Gun Kelly must be a really cool guy, actually. I mean, seriously. The guy got destroyed by Eminem, hasn't put out a good song in God knows how long. Looks like he just, you know, got out of the got out of rehab for a heroin addiction. Malnourished. Not good looking. And yet he's pulling Megan Megan Fox. So he must be pretty cool. He must have a really cool personality. So I don't want to shit on Machine Gun Kelly too much. Uh, what else happened yesterday? So that, that covers it for the UFC. A nice 20-minute UFC segment. Um, it was a good sports day yesterday. I watched the Knicks. Uh, the Knicks are good. I like them. I like the Knicks. They're like a college basketball team. They have this like camaraderie that like Tom Thibodeau is really good at cultivating. He gets guys to believe for about two, three years, and then people are like, I don't want to work this hard if I'm going to be on this team for three years, and then Tom Thibodeau has to go to another team. I'd like to see Tom Thibodeau get like one complete all-star talent that doesn't get injured like Derrick Rose did during his Bulls years. Because it'd be interesting to see Tom Thibodeau coach like the Nets, right? Or would he not mesh with those guys? If Tom Thibodeau was on the Nets, you think he'd be putting up with uh, Kyrie Irving, like choosing when and when not to play. Um, well, I guess he can't deal with Kevin Durant's injuries and James Harden's injuries, but you think they'd buy in to the Thibodeau system? Probably not. He works well with the Knicks. So I watched the Knicks yesterday, and they played... Who the fuck did the Knicks play? I was too enamored by the Knicks. Um, and, uh, you know, Julius Randle, he's got like a Charles Barkley vibe to him. Nobody wants to... Uh, I mean, he wasn't as good as Barkley. Let's just go ahead and put that out there. But uh, Julius Randle's game has really, really developed into something very nice. The Knicks played 
Oh, the, yeah, the Raptors. So I guess the Raptors aren't that good. But the Knicks play like a college team. A lot of camaraderie. Um, play hard. You know, for a team that doesn't have much height, play hard on defense. Um, you know, they're solidifying this four seed in the East. Could they give someone trouble first round? Possibly. Um Let's look up the, you know, what could happen there? It'd be hilarious if the uh, if the Nets somewhat dropped or something. I would love to see the Knicks play the Nets. You know, because Kyrie and Kevin Durant were supposed to go to the Knicks. But then, uh, you know, went to the Nets, obviously. Eastern NBA standings. And wouldn't it be hilarious if they beat the Nets? <laughs> no, the Nets are number one. The Knicks are four. I'll tell you what, though. No, that's not going to happen. Well, they could play them in the second round. If a couple things happen, the Knicks could play the Nets in the second round. You know what the funny thing is? Like, just based off some of the podcasts I've been listening to and, like, the different Knicks fans that come on, um, New York is still the Knicks. <laughs> Even though the Nets are doing what the Nets are doing, I bet you the New York could care less about the Nets until the Knicks are out of the playoffs. The problem with the Knicks is they could be in a far better place if they drafted better. They've really whiffed on a lot of their uh, draft picks. Even the last one, Obi Toppin plays like the same position as Randall, doesn't he? So what are you doing with that guy? Nothing? And then Knox, Kevin Knox, is that the guy? I, you never hear his name, do you? Yeah, he's on the Knicks. I want to look at the Knicks' last uh, last drafts. Draft history. But just so I'm not, like, just stalling here, the Knicks, uh, I love team. I love Tom Thibodeau teams because they play super hard. They're basically, like, um, a college team with their camaraderie. Bunch of guys you'd never expect are overachieving. All right, here we go. That point guard of there, Frank, I don't know how you pronounce his last name. He was a he's a bust. Let's just call it. R.J. Barrett too early to tell. Obi Toppin, I guess they just weren't expecting Randall to be this good, right? And then Kevin Knox sucked. So these uh yeah these picks are not very good. Man, they could be way better. And imagine if they had just gotten like Kyrie or Kevin. You know it'd be hilarious if my alien. My favorite alien player, Chris Paul, went to the Knicks next year. And then um, and then they were just, like, basically the Suns again. You know, a surprise team that's, like, really killing it. And, like, you don't want to say could win the championship, but probably will. It'd be cool. Although I am anticipating Chris Paul um, staying an alien and never aging. Although, if you're Chris Paul, you got to use that as leverage on the Suns 
say, oh, the Knicks are willing to pay me this. And then if you're the Suns, you're like, well, we can't lose Chris Paul because Devin Booker really likes him. And then before you know it, Chris Paul's getting paid $60 million a year for his, for his twilight years. Another perfect, perfectly played. Chris Paul is probably working the business angle the way he works a basketball court. He's already seen like 19 moves ahead. And it's just like, oh, if I do this and then that and then this and then that, then I get $60 million from my last three years. But I do enjoy watching the Knicks, so I'm going to continue watching them. And then after that, I, uh, I uh, well, to be perfectly honest, I took a quick coffee break, met a lady in the park, had a good time. And then I came back and watched the second half of the uh, Cubs game. And the uh, the Cubs, the only thing I have to say about that one is the Cubs were down 4-3 in the bottom of the ninth. Hader was in. They had just, my boy Nico Horner, love that guy, who's on a hot streak. Nico Horner so hot right now. Is on, uh, gets walked by Hader. Then the very next pitch, and tell me if I'm tell me if I'm overreacting to this. The very next pitch was a high fastball that was not even close to the sp- strike zone, and the fuck called it a strike. To which Ross comes out, gets ejected from the game. But that, to me, in baseball, knowing as little as I do about baseball, that play affected the outcome of the game because then the batter in his mind is thinking oh fuck if that's a strike I gotta swing at everything now and so the whole at bats off you got Ross screaming so the whole team is like oh no if this doesn't happen then this doesn't happen you know we were on a roll it stopped the momentum basically is what I'm saying and then obviously we just you know all outs from then on all outs from then on out. <laughs> and uh, and then we lose 4-3. Although, again, another game I witnessed Jay Hay with a hit. He hit a home run in the bottom of the eighth. It was awesome. I have never seen Jason Hayward hit a ball. I watched the last two Cubs games, which are my first two Cubs games of the year. And uh, he hits a game winner, and he hits a home run. So, obviously, I'm Jay Hay's lucky charm. I need to go out to Wrigley, let him know the facts, yo. Uh, And then before the UFC fight, I was able to tune in to the Chicago Bulls, who suck. (laughs) They were down by 20. In classic Bulls fashion, they give you hope at some point, right? They were down by 20 the entire game. They were down by 17 in the fourth. They fight back to within three points. And then classic Bulls, there's like a turnover. Then there is like, you know, a terrible foul. And then they're down by seven. And then uh, Valentine comes down the court. There's like a minute left, and they were down by... At this point in time, I think they kept chipping away, going back and forth. They were down by four, four or five with a minute left. 
the Bulls had just like gotten the ball back off a turnover. Denzel Valentine suddenly thinks he's Steph Curry and takes like basically a Steph Curry range 40 foot jump shot while in full motion coming down the court. And you could just see the other players. Denzel does this all the time. He talk about a self sabotage kind of dude. Guy plays well during the game. He was hitting big shots. And then he just has to start taking the dumbest shit ever. He he needs to self-sabotage. So he comes down the court, launches a Steph Curry range shot, airballs it, and you could just see that other players are like, come on, dog. He's like the guy you play with in the rec leagues who, like, he's on your team and... Sometimes he does something good, but other times he takes a shot where you're like, why do we play with you? Seriously, are you this selfish in real life? Do you just go around being this selfish sometimes in normal situations? Because on the basketball court, that shot should never be taken. He's like that guy. So... Whatever. Bulls are, what, 11th seed now? They're done. Zach Levine's out. Um, they can't figure out the rotation. They turn. They still love to turn the ball over. I guess the silver lining yesterday was, I think, Kobe White had 30 points. Kobe White does this from time to time. He'll have an absolute fantastic game, and then he'll follow it up um, in the next game and turn the ball over eight times and be one for eight from the three-point line, so... I don't know. He needs to use the offseason to get more consistent. Um, and because uh, we're going to keep him. Markinen is hot trash garbage. If I have to watch that motherfucker shoot one more ball or play one more Tiddlywinks defensive possession, I'm going to fucking shoot myself. So Markinen's gone. We'll keep Kobe White because he has these brief moments. And we'll, you know what? We'll give it the old college try next year. We should have to, we should bring Tim Timido back. <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> Guy the guy's collecting. He's got D Rose on the Knicks. He the the Knicks look like the Bulls from ten years ago. Um anything else here? Uh any other news? I think uh MTV the challenge just ended, I believe C T one. I think on the next challenge they should uh they should have like an NBA all-star draft and just have CT and Johnny Bananas drafting uh, people. Can you believe these people have made a career of the MTV? I mean, it's basically the challenge on MTV is a fourth sport. I'm counting hockey, baseball, basketball. Okay, fifth sport. Hockey, baseball, basketball, football. The challenge. That's right. I left golf out of it. Just because you get a couple events a year doesn't make you a sport. Actually, let's put it because I, I consider I consider tennis a sport. I'm Johnny Golf and tennis, except I only like the tennis portion. Whatever. It's in addition to whatever you think's a sport. So the challenge on MTV is basically another sport. I mean, we've grown up with these people. Johnny Banana, CT. Come on. Uh, 
they should they should uh, have a draft and they should uh, go through all of the previous people, assemble their teams, Avenger style, and uh, go at it. I can't even blame them. I bet if I was on one of those road rules things, I would have done the exact same thing. You would have seen me. I'd be a yoked forty-year-old still running around for two days, puking and being like, "I can win this." I mean, you win like four hundred grand each time, so it is like a. I mean, basically, like you should really try for this. And it seems that Johnny Bananas and CT win pretty much every time. So, Johnny Bananas is the Tom Brady of MTV. Hot take from the Sunday Punch podcast. Johnny Bananas is the Tom Brady of MTV. You won't you won't get that content anywhere else. Okay, okay, dude. Uh, all right, let's do a quick one. This is a nice quick one today. I just wanted to give a nice update to everything I did yesterday, um, and uh, I wanted to do this before I had my baby shower today. My baby shower. It's my baby now. Um, I don't know. I think because of COVID, the guys are now allowed to go to baby showers. So I don't know how I got roped into this, but I'll be uh, I'll be there with my bells and whistles on. Uh, going out today on an artist called, I don't know how to pronounce his name, so I'm going to spell it for you. It is a Y. Wait, where'd this guy go? I was just chatting with him on Instagram yesterday, so let me find it, dude. Meanwhile, we've hit 1,600 followers, just in case. Just in case anyone was wondering. Uh, This guy's name is... Alright, I'm just going to spell it. I don't know how to pronounce it. A-K-I-N-Y-E-M-I. Akinyami. 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 Is that it? Whatever. He's based in New York City. Yo, yo, New York. He's based in New York City, and the song that we're going out on today is called Selfish. Just like that, just like the just like Denzel Valentine, and just like that guy you play rec league basketball with. Selfish by Akinyeme from New York Thanks for tuning in. Bye. Had a thought, then I did about the cause and the fit. Got stopped by the pitch. Just shut up and take the photo, yeah. I'ma run up and it's a solo move. If you ain't new, you an idiot. Ain't no news, she was venomous. I'm second guessing, I plan to exit. I wrote a little name down on my book. Week later, strike through. Got no time to fight you. Wrote it in a haiku. Had to be mindful. You ain't getting my food. How can I trust myself when trusting you just lead the trash? Feel like every moment passed. Your red lips and your white one I wanna drown you and waste your time Cause you're selfish And I could be selfish too. I'll run it up on a late night And I'll dog you out when I feel like Cause you're all mine Cause I can be selfish too Only way 
gotta do it is my own I never have gaskets, I'm living on my own Shoes off when you walk in, you ruining my home I had a meal for one brewing on the stove Do not disturb, don't pursue me on my phone Now they can't find me, I had to be gone I'm never in the mood, I ain't really in the zone Ain't no parking here, I sent you out on the road If it ain't broke, don't fix it If it ain't lost, it ain't missing If you wasn't riding from the jump, don't magically appear I gotta split utilities, I got my own share If y'all don't pay, they gon' cut off the price I'ma ask them, only put the lights in my room on Move lights moving, yeah, I had to get my groove on I ain't never really been the type to put a suit on, so You're right, 